pray that you've all had a good break. Those of you who got a break on this spring break time, uh, you know, Pastor Mark came in and let me know that he would be out and uh, asked me to fill in, and he said, well, you can say no. I said, oh, really? All right. Uh, but, so I began to ask him, you know, where would you like me to preach? And he said, well, we're still in this treasure hunt, you know, just just continue to go through God's Word and pick out pick out a treasure, right? Treasure's in God's Word. And I thought, wow, all right, so you don't have a particular... He said, no, you, you just go where you're at. Well, I remember being in an evangelistic conference just not long ago, and uh, one of the pastors was there, and he, he said, well, they asked me to preach. I asked him where you want me to preach from. He said, well, I don't care, just pick something. And the old boy said, wow. He said, you know, I felt like that mosquito at a nudist colony. I had options. And I thought, <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, you know, it's kind of a good thing, I guess. I had options, all right? what I'm trying to say. So, uh, this morning, as I, as I begin to pray and as I begin to look into God's Word, um, I begin to remember a time when I was a young boy. And uh, I was kind of what they may have called a rock hound, all right? I don't know if you know what that is. But uh, I think a lot of little boys are rock hounds, all right? They always find cool little rocks. And, uh, man, they want to fill their pockets full of them. They'll, they'll take them home. You've probably had your truck with some in the cup holders or in the back seats, right, from your children gathering them. Well, that's what I did. And, and I kind of had a fascination with rocks a little bit. Loved studying them in school and, and uh, had a couple of two or three boxes, probably just shoe boxes full of rocks that I picked up all over, all over the United States where my family would travel, you know, pick some up from Florida to to Oregon and, and in Canada and down through the Dakotas and, and uh, just picked them up wherever I went. And out of the collection, if you dig in there enough, you, you always have some to-go-tos, all right? It's, it's generally uh, full of a lot of things that really doesn't mean anything. They're not even really cool. Uh, I just thought I saw a face in it or I thought I saw something in it and I'd pick them up. But within my collection, I did have a couple that were my favorites. And, and one of them would be a piece of petrified wood, right? I mean, that's always cool to see a piece of petrified wood. We went through the petrified forest. I don't remember where it was. I believe it was up in the Dakotas somewhere. But uh, it was cool to see the whole trees laid out that was just petrified into stone already. And uh, don't know how one of those pieces got into my collection. But uh, one made its way in somehow. But and I love finding some somewhere, you know, along the way. And it was cool. Um, the other one was some pyrite. All right, anybody know what pyrite is this morning? Yeah, fool's gold, right? All right, pyrite, man. I, I loved it when I'd come across this fool's gold. Uh, you would see it into the rock. It would Sometimes it, it would have a vein running through it, or it may have just blotches and pieces, or sometimes it would be just a formation of nothing but the fool's gold. Had some weight to it, you know, and it had a beautiful color to it, and it looked a whole lot like gold, all right? And so, man, I thought I was a rich cat, boy, when I found all of this fool's gold until somebody told me, it's fool's gold, fool. You know, I thought, oh man, but I loved having it. I'd carry it with me in my pocket. It was one of my favorites until I found out that it absolutely had no value. All right, it was worthless as far as money was concerned or really anybody else. That, that, like, I was the only one that seemed that liked it. I asked my wife to dig out my rocks the other day and, and she went and found them and uh, still had the piece of fool's gold in there. 
And uh, uh, so I've kept it all these years. But as I was going through looking for these treasures here in God's Word, I began to focus more on what my boxes were full of instead of treasures. All right, and it led me this morning to what I'm going to preach on this morning and titled this sermon, Pride, a Fool's Gold. So how many of you this morning, you'd be willing to share, you'd just lift your hands up and you'd say, John, I struggle with pride. We're in church now, you can, I thank you very much. You, you know, church is good for confession, bad for the reputation, but good <laughs> confession. So some of you, you know, all right, thank you so much. You know, to you I'll be preaching this morning, all right? But seriously, especially to all of you who didn't raise your hands this morning, be preaching to you as well. Because we all struggle with pride, right? Don't you feel that we all struggle with pride? We all wrestle with pride. You know, Proverbs 16, verse 18 says that pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit or an arrogant spirit before a fall. Listen to me this morning. Pride is sin. It's a very dangerous sin. And I believe that this sin is doing more than any other sin to destroy our homes, to wreck our marriages, and ruin our nation. And I believe it's holding us back from revival in our country. This sin causes more Christians to live in defeat and failure more than any other sin, I believe. And that's the sin of pride. I want us to see this morning together that pride is a dangerous sin and it is a deceitful sin. It's very deceitful, just like that pyrite. It is a fool's gold and it's not what it appears to be. So what is pride if we were to look at the definition of pride? Self-esteem, conceit, ego, self-regard, self-respect, delight or elation arising from some act or possession or relationship, the best in a group or class, brilliantly or disdainfully being haughty. Many, many people who are infected and infested with pride do not even know that they are. Why? Because it's deceitful. Because it appears as something else. You know, before we talk about what pride is, I have to look at a few things, maybe a couple of things, about what pride is not. See, pride's not a good self-image. Don't get the idea this morning that if you came in and you have a good self-image about yourself, that that you're all full of sin. Well, that's not so. That's, that's not the kind of pride we're talking about this morning. Because you see, with a good self-image, the Bible tells us that, that in Christ, you're a somebody. Right? You're a somebody. John 1, verse 12 says, Yet to all who received Him, to those who believe on His name, He gave them the right to become a child of God. So I'm a child of God, right? If I've placed my faith and trust in Christ, His work on the cross, He says that I am a child of God. And I believe that's kind of a big deal, right? 
It's not about what I've done or what I've said or what I can do, but it's based upon what God's Word says. It's based upon what Christ has done. That's why it's a big deal. The Bible also says that I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I hear some people say that, well, you know, I'm just an old sinner saved by grace. <laughs> Man, that's, that's not so. The Bible calls you the righteousness of God in Christ. And it's okay to have a good self-image. And if you were to read John 13, you'll see where the Bible tells us that Jesus, knowing that he came from God and would return to God, laid his garments aside, girded himself up, knelt down with a bowl of water, and began to wash those disciples' feet. You see, Jesus was not thinking lowly of himself. He was not thinking of himself, right? That, by definition, is humility. Not thinking lowly of yourself, just not thinking of yourself. You see, pride is not also, it's not being grateful for a job well done. We've heard it said many times about an individual, well, he takes pride in his work. Or we as parents or grandparents take pride in our children or our grandchildren in their grades or in their accomplishments, don't we? That's not the kind of pride that we're talking about this morning. The pride that we're going to talk about this morning, I believe, is the most destructive force in our universe. So what is pride? Pride is an attitude of an independence from God. You see, it's saying to God, God, I don't need you. It's an independence from God. You see, God, I'm the master of my own fate. I'm the one that's in control. I'm the captain of my own boat, God. You know, my wife says that I watch dumb TV. <laughs> and so the other night I was watching dumb TV. I'd been studying this. I'd been looking at these things. And, and on my TV was a commercial there. Uh, I said I was a rock hound. And they, so they, there's this little reality show called Gold Rush. So, oh man, I, I get hooked into all these Alaskan shows. And, and uh, I, I watch them. I love seeing them come out with the gold, man. And, and uh, what all they got to do to get it. But one of the members there, for whatever reason, it was just a commercial. And he says, Todd Hoffman's not going to be with Gold Rush next season. Oh, he's leaving. It shows a picture of him in defeat and frustrated and just pulling on his big long goatee. And, and just it looked like his world had come to an end. And caught my attention and I looked up and he says, But he's not leaving unless he writes his own ending. He's going to write his own ending as he goes out. And I thought, that's pride. <laughs> I saw it right off. That's pride. And many of us want to write our own endings, don't we? We want to write our own days, our own weeks. And that's pride. See, when we have an attitude of an independence from God, we've got other problems. Another problem is we're usually living a prayerless life. You find yourself wrapped up in pride, you'll find yourself being prayerless. 
Not spending time in communication with the Lord. There's nothing like saying to God is, I don't need you as a prayerless life. Let me say as well, if you're living a prayerless life this morning, you're struggling with pride. You've got an I can handle it attitude. I'd also say about that, you know, your, your biggest problem there, it's probably not your prayerless life that's the biggest problem. It's that when that happens, we have an attitude that we don't feel we need to. We don't feel we need to have that prayer time with the Lord because we can handle it. A prayerless life. You know, along with that independence from God comes another problem. It's an attitude of ungratefulness to God as well. An attitude of ungratefulness. Hasn't God blessed us? Amen. Don't we have so much to be thankful for today? God has given us so much, and yet we act as though we deserve it. You know, in the back of our minds, we all say, man, I've worked for it. I've earned it. It's mine. You know, we live in an attitude of, of, of get all we can, can all we get, and sit on the can. It's ours. We've earned it. I remember Paul, as I was reading You can read it to where Paul goes to talks to the Corinthians later. Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 4, I believe it is. And Paul talks to them very sarcastically because of the way they were living and the things that they were saying. And Paul just simply stops them and he says to them, What do you have that you have not received? <laughs> wow. What a question, right? What a penetrating question to you and I. What do you have that you have not received? And we say, well, we've worked for it. It's mine. I would say, who gave you the ability? Who gave you the opportunity? Who gave you the strength? Who gave you the mind? Who gave you the breath this morning to even set up in bed? God did. It was given to you. You and I do not have one blessed thing that we have not been given. Amen? Pride has an ungrateful attitude for all that God has done. We're just saying about how grateful we are for all that God has done. What a wonderful song. Let me give you a list of a few indicators maybe of a proud person. You may find yourself in this list. This is not an exhaustive list. This is just a very short list. A person who is insecure is a proud person. A proud person becomes irritated when corrected. A proud person has the need to be right. A proud person tends... To be argumentative. 
Proud persons needing to be heard more than hearing. Proud person could be an angry person. Proud person may be irritable or impatient. Proud person may have the lack of submissive attitude. You know, someone that when there's an argument, when there's a disagreement, he may say, you know, I can get along better without you. Someone receiving correction, but not changing. See, pride refuses to take wise counsel and to learn from others. Proud person is being stubborn. And pride will not admit mistakes. Are you married to someone that won't admit a mistake? (laughs) I've already seen some elbows this morning (laughs) going on. Are you married to someone who will not admit a mistake? My wife, Sheila, is. That's serious. I find it hard to admit a mistake. There's always an alibi. There's always an excuse. There's always an attempt to justify myself. That's pride. Pride often shows itself in competition with other people. Pride does not want more. Pride wants more than someone else. You know, we live in a very competitive world, don't we? And pride causes us to think that we're better than someone else. C.S. Lewis, he said it like this, that pride gets no pleasure out of having something Only having more of it than the other man. We all know what that feeling's like. We won't admit it at the time. But there's a drive in there that that this is what's behind that drive. We say that people are proud if they are rich or if they're good looking or if they're clever. But that's not so, I don't believe. No, I think pride comes in when they're richer when they're more clever, and when they're better looking than anyone else. You see, it's the comparison of things that makes us proud. The pleasure of being above the rest. The pleasure of taking the credit, right? We just got to take the credit. I heard a story. I heard a story about this little frog that was in the frozen mud of Minnesota. He didn't like it there in that little frozen mud. He he had a lot of geese friends. And he saw all these geese. They were packing up, fixing to head south. And he thought, man, I want to go south with you guys. They said, well, you can't go with us. You can't fly. He said, no, I can't fly. But he said, I got an idea. What's your idea? One goose said. He said, I think if you just take a stick... Put a stick in your mouth and your buddy puts a stick in his mouth. I can jump up good and high and I'll bite on that stick and we can fly south to to where it's warm. He said, well, you think it'll work? He said, I think it'll work. So he said, all right. Little goose got him a stick, put it in his mouth. Buddy got it, put it in his mouth on the other side. He took a big jump, grabbed that stick and off they went to where it was warm. They were flying south and they got uh, over Indiana or somewhere and 
there was a farmer out working in his field, and he happened to look up, and he said, look at that. Look at there. Look at that frog flying with them geese. That's the most amazing thing I've ever seen. I wonder whose idea was that. That frog said, mine. <laughs> he, he just had to take the credit, didn't he? And it was destructive to his life, wasn't it? But he couldn't help himself. Listen, we've looked at what pride is. We've looked at some ways that it manifests itself this morning. Let me try to give you a couple of reasons why pride is no treasure at all. If you've got your Bibles this morning, turn them on. <laughs> One boy says, he says, nothing like the warm glow of God's Word. <laughs> turn them on this morning. Proverbs 6, verses 16 through 19. Proverbs 6, 16 through 19, it says, There are six things the Lord hates, seven that are detestable to Him. Haughty eyes, a lion tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked schemes, and feet that are quick to rush into evil, a false witness who pours out lies, and a man who stirs up dissension between brothers. Listen to that. This verse starts off with extremely strong language, doesn't it? The very first thing on the list. Arrogant eyes, haughty eyes. This is a proud look. This is a reflection of a proud heart. That's what the Scriptures is talking about here. Late Pastor J. Vernon McGee said it like this, that pride is number one on God's hate parade. Why do you think God hates pride so much? You ever thought that, that it was pride that created the devil? It was pride that turned Lucifer, the son of the morning, into Satan, the father of night. That was pride. Pride is what Satan's kingdom is built on. Pride is the foundation of everything that he is built on, is pride. No wonder God hates pride so much. Pride. Pride defies God there. When Paul was teaching Timothy... You can look in 1 Timothy 3, 6. You don't have to turn there. He was teaching Timothy some of the standards for a young preacher. And one of the qualifications is, is that he could not be a new convert. Why? He said he may become conceited and fall into the condemnation of the devil. Meaning he may fall into the same judgment as the devil. Because conceited is pride. He may get proud. He may carry around pride. And you have the same judgment as the devil. Pride made the devil the devil. Pride is what ruined the human race. What about in the Garden of Eden? That's where we generally turn to when we think, you know, the fall happened in the Garden of Eden. But Satan came to tempt Eve. Do you think that temptation was for Eve just to taste a particular kind of fruit? That wasn't a temptation at all, was it? Man, the garden was full of fruit. That wasn't the temptation. 
The temptation there was, was to take this and you will be as God. That was the temptation. That's what caused Satan to fall. That's what brought sin into the world was pride. Sin did not start in the Garden of Eden. Sin started at the throne of God. And it started with pride. No wonder God hates pride. Just think about it. Let's look at all the heartache. Look at all the tears. Look at all the sorrow. Look at all the war. Look at all the strife. Look at all the pain. Look at all the agony. And look at all the shame in the world. And you can say that it was pride that caused it. No wonder God hates pride. God is against pride. C.S. Lewis again said that as long as you are proud, you cannot know God. What a horrible situation to be in. A proud man is always looking down. Looking down on others and looking down on other people. As long as you're looking down, you can never see things above. Never. As I was studying a little bit, I thought, well, you know what? I just read the Scripture. I just read the scripture there about the tax collector and the Pharisee. Two, both men went to, went to church that day. The tax collector sat there and he beat his chest. And the scripture says that he looked down. He never even would look up. But he said, forgive me, God. Forgive me, a sinner. And the Pharisee says, God, I tithe and I do all the right things. And God, thank you. Thank you, God, that I'm not like that other man over there as he stood there looking up, right? Two men went to church and they say one went home justified and one went home dignified. We can't continue just to look down on others. 1 Peter 5, 5 says is that God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. So God opposes the proud. God resists the proud. He will wage war and He will battle against the proud. Listen, pride is a fool's gold. It is worthless. And it's not what it appears to be. I don't want to be one who is opposed by God. Pride also defiles a man. It defiles a man. That's what comes out of the man, you see, is what's unclean. You see, the seat of pride is in the heart. So pride comes out of the heart. Look there at Proverbs 16, verse 5. It says that the Lord detests all of the proud of heart. Mark 7 Verse 21 through 23. From within, out of people's hearts comes evil thoughts, sexual immoralities, murders, adulteries, greed, evil actions, deceit, promiscuity, stinginess, blasphemy, pride, and foolishness. It says all of these evil things come from within and defile a person. We're born with it. Listen, guys, we don't need to teach greed. We don't need to teach stinginess. We don't need to teach deceit. And we do not need to teach pride. 
Every little child is born with pride in the heart. Guaranteed at some point as they grow, it shows up. They're born with pride. They're born with selfishness. They're born with egos. Any of you whose parents are maybe babysitters or what? You've been around children long enough. You tell me what happens when you take a child and put it in a room with one toy or more toys than it can play with. And you let another mom come in and set their child down in that same room. What do you think is going to happen? They're going to make their way over to each other at some point, sometime, and they're going to want what the other one has. And they may bop them on the head to take it, but they're going to take it. This, this week, i got two beautiful peach trees. I love my peaches. I love to see, and I'm ready for them. I pruned them. I've got it ready this year. They're blooming out now. They're busting out. and got the nice, beautiful flowers all over them. It made me think, you know, you heard that old saying, you know what's worse than biting into an apple and finding a worm? Finding a half a worm. That's right. <laughs> that's, that's right. But listen, how do you think that worm got in there? Do you think he bore his way in when you see that worm hole in an apple or a peach? He didn't, bear, he didn't eat his way in. He was eating his way out. Because you see, the egg was laid in the blossom. The egg was laid in the bloom. And when the peach formed, when the apple grew, the egg was on the inside. See, that's where the problem is. The problem is on the inside. Whatever's on the inside will make its way on the outside. You see, this morning, every person in this building needs to be born again. Every one of us. Because the first time that we were born, we were born with a sinful nature. We were born with a nature that has pride in it. Pride is a no good treasure. It's a worthless treasure. It's a fool's gold treasure. But let me tell you this morning, the treasure that we're looking for is in these scriptures right here. And it's found in the scriptures there in 1 Peter 5, 5 through 6 there. 1 Peter 5, 5 through 6 says, All of you clothe yourselves with humility toward one another because God opposes the proud, but He gives grace to the humble. So humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand that He may lift you up in due time. There are the treasures that we're hunting for. There's what we need to grab and put in our treasure box and hold on to this morning. There, in a life of humility, we can find the treasure of God. Proverbs 11.2 says that when pride comes, then comes dishonor. That's not what we want. But with the humble is wisdom. Wisdom is what we want. Wisdom is what we need. Respect is what we want. Honor and grace is what we need here, isn't it? We need a life of humility, guys. And to acquire this life of humility, we need to call out to God. And we must repent of this sin of pride that is in our life. We must ask Him to begin to clothe us and develop in us 
a humility in us that is in Christ. Amen? Look, we need to get rid of that attitude of, of, of independence from God. And we need to get rid of that attitude of, of ungratefulness to God. Philippians 2, verses 3 through 8 says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourself. Each of you should not look only to your own interest, but also to the interest of others. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. And you'll say, what is his attitude? Thank you for asking. We need to have the attitude there of Christ. Your attitude should be that same as Christ. Look at verse 6. Who, although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant and being made in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, what did he do? He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Listen, guys, in Jesus, we have the example of all examples, don't we? He emptied himself. Jesus didn't have sin in his life. He wasn't emptying the sin of his life. He did not need for forgiveness. Jesus emptied himself to become a servant for God. And for others, he emptied himself of any desire that he had of his own. You know, Jesus had a desire there for just a little bit. He said, God, he said, if there was any other way, Father, if there was any other way to have this cup pass. But he ended in saying, God, but not my will. Thy will be done, Father, not mine. Jesus desired God's will above anything. Anything that he may want, anything that he desired, that is truly emptying yourself. So what does that look like for us today? How do we empty ourselves today? We think of ourselves less. We want what God wants and what God desires. We think of others and what they may need more than what we want or what we desire. We serve others. We're obedient to God's Word and all that it teaches. Even to the point of sacrifice and even to the point of, that it's discomfort. We're such a proud people, aren't we? We're even a proud nation and getting prouder by the day, aren't we? But God says to us, you know, sometimes I just wonder, is there any hope for our nation? Is there any hope for us? This is great encouragement right here for us. Second Chronicles 7. You may want to just jot that down and read that if you hadn't been there before. That God says that if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, and I'll forgive their sins, and I'll heal their land. There is hope. There's great hope, but it starts with you and I. It starts with those that he says are called by my name. Those that he has given you the right to become children of God. That's where it starts. It starts with you and I emptying ourselves. 
Taking on that attitude of Christ. I love how you just keep reading there in that, that part of Second Chronicles. You get on down there and God says that. He says, my eyes will be open and my ears are attentive to the prayers in this place. Listen to me this morning. No one can be saved apart from the grace of God. Pick up that treasure of humility and live in that humility life, being humble. But don't forget about the grace of God. I heard it said that the love of God will never lead us where the grace of God can't keep us. The grace of God. The grace of God gives us that desire and that ability to humble ourselves. Without the grace of God, we couldn't even have the desire nor the ability to come before an almighty God. You know, where are you this morning? You know, are you ready this morning? Are you willing this morning to empty yourself of pride and self-centeredness? Are you willing to humble yourself before God and before others this morning? God is able to forgive you. God is able to equip you with the power through His Holy Spirit to live a life of humility and servanthood. See, it's not just about talk. It's about what we do. We don't be just hearers of the Word, but doers of the Word. You know, this morning, the altar is open here this morning. You know, God's Word has been spoken. God's Word always demands a response. I've been praying for you for a week that you would hear that you would hear from the Lord that God would search you that you would pray God search my heart show me anything it's not good Are you willing to die to self? Are you willing to live for Christ? <laughs> I heard one man say one time, he said, you know, Jesus isn't looking for us to die for him. God's already found somebody to do that. God's looking for somebody to live for him. You can't live for God being proud. You may be here this morning and you don't know Christ. You don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. It's because of pride. It's not because you don't understand enough. You see, understanding comes after obedience. You just need to come to Christ by faith. You just need to call out and repent of that sin this morning. You need to tell God, I want to be a child of yours. If that is you, you just need to go before the Lord in a prayer. If that's your desire, desire this morning. Every head bowed this morning, every eye closed this morning. If God's calling you, if He's drawing you, don't run from that. Run to Him.
You need to run to to God. You just simply say, Father, God, I'm a sinner. I've seen it in your word. Your word tells me, Father, that I'm a prideful person. God, I don't want to be a prideful person. Father, I've seen that it destroys lives. And God, it's destroyed everything that you've wished for me and everyone else. Father, this morning, I lay my pride aside, Father. I set it at the cross and I ask you to forgive me for my sin. Father, I ask you to cleanse me. For your word says that you will cleanse me and you will purify me of all unrighteousness. God, I want to be the righteousness of God in Christ. So, Father, I place my trust in you, Father. I believe that your son lived a perfect life and died a perfect death. And God, that you raised him on the third day. And God, I believe that he sits at the right hand of you now. Father, I ask you to fill me with your Holy Spirit, Father. God, your word tells me if I believe in my heart, I confess with my mouth. And all of those who call out on the name of the Lord will be saved. God, thank you this morning for saving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. And God, I pray now. Father, I pray that you would teach me to walk in the humble steps of your son. Father, I pray that you would give me the courage to think less of myself and more of others. More of you and more of your purpose, Father, and your plan for me. Father, I hunger for be more like Christ. Make me more like your servant and make me, Father, clean for your kingdom and your purpose. God, I pray that in Christ's name. Amen. You may pray that.